back to work on a holiday week. Welcome in to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. The show all about you guys. Just kidding. The show all about y'all. We're Southern. We're proud of it. We make no apologies. And we promote the South. We do it all right here on this show from y'all.com and at y'all show on Twitter. Coming up today on the y'all show, we've got short stories in hour two, our ride down memory lane with Jerry Short, the tall teller of tales from Takapola. Also, we've got a sports report, NBA news, also the latest in the Major League Baseball standings and some college football notes to pass along. That's coming up in hour two. This hour, hey, it is summertime. You may not know that. Of course you know it. It's hot. The kids are out of school. July 4th is only days away. Yeah, it's summer, all right. And you know what that should mean for you if you haven't done this lately? You need to go to a theme park. Not Wally World. <laughs> go to any of the multitude of options across the southeast here in the summertime. Take your kids. Take your grandkids. Take somebody else's kids. Take yourself, your whoever you want to. Go see a theme park. We're going to welcome in from the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, Susie Story, a little later this hour. She's going to tell us about the business side in our Y'all Street Business Report, the business side of theme parks and water parks and more, and all of the options you have. There's just so many cool, unique, and brand new. There's a new Toy Story attraction that's just opened up at Disney World, and Susie's going to tell us all about it later the show. So good stuff coming here in hour one of the Y'all Show. We'll also have our hashtag hullabaloo coming up. But right now on the Y'all Show, we're going to dig into the headlines across the southeast. And first off, because they border Texas and they're kind of a, a kind of a big deal, there was a presidential election Sunday in Mexico and a leftist, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, was elected president of Mexico in a landslide victory. And this is the first time a leftist leader has become the head of Latin America's second largest economy in the first time in decades. And he, I, I saw some of the election coverage. This is a fellow who pretty much got the average Mexican to go out and vote for him, not just the elitist in that country. And the Mexicans really are not a fan of our president. And I think that galvanized a lot of them to come out and vote. So a change in leadership coming in Mexico, how will that impact the Southeast? We'll have to keep our eye on the border. But Obrador, at age 64, becomes a president for the third time. He's tried to become president of Mexico, and he's successful in this effort. And a lot of people down in Mexico happy about his election. I happened to see a picture. I got to throw this in there because, frankly, I'm tired of it. I happened to see a photo of his celebration when he won the presidency Sunday. And there in the background, not a Mexican flag flying, but a gay pride flag flying. Okay? We had to endure all of the month of June for Pride Month, which is another unofficial celebration out there amongst many other unofficial celebrations that go on throughout the year. And it just it irked me because I see that popping up more and more and more. And I just don't like it as a fact that it, it is a symbol, a rainbow, that is a symbol of Judeo-Christian 
belief, and it's been taken over by a movement, and I don't like that. I think as people who believe in the Judeo-Christian world, we know the true meaning of a rainbow is the covenant that God made that he would never destroy the world again. So I just have to throw out in there, if you happen to be like me and you noticed on Twitter and other media forms throughout June, you saw just about every major company had to throw in a rainbow as part of their logo on Twitter, even Delta Airlines. Last summer, I was down at their national headquarters, uh, international headquarters at the Atlanta airport. They were flying the rainbow flag and their gallery of about a dozen flags of countries across the country, across the world. They had the rainbow flag flying right next to the U.S. flag as if it were a country. And I saw other airlines here this past month that, that had to jump in there and change their logos and other Twitter changed its logo and it's just getting ridiculous. And again, this is not anything against the gay pride movement. It's just that this is becoming totally acceptable. And if you're going to accept gay pride, uh, I say leftist stance on stuff, are you going to accept everything that comes forward now from that kind of deal and, and promote it throughout a so-called celebration? We saw the U.S. soccer team, for example. I'm glad they didn't make it to the World Cup. I saw them in, uh, in one of their qualifying deals that they lost have gay pride uniforms on and, and all that. Again, this is not uh, against gays. This is against the movement that has taken over a symbol that I believe is very important to Judeo-Christian belief, a rainbow. That's just my two cents. But when I saw this in Mexico, I just said, this is something I gotta bring up on the y'all show because is it me or did you kind of get tired of it? Even if you are proud to be gay, come on, there's there's gotta be a point in time where enough's enough and you're just like, okay, well, we're not just about a little symbol. We're about more than that. But anyway, I digress. That uh, Mexico, a big election there. I just had to throw in my one cent's worth of opinion. Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, is going to recommend his friend and his fellow co-author, Trey Gowdy, to be one of the candidates that President Trump considers for the Supreme Court. He announced this over the weekend on the Van Jones Show, and he said that he hopes the president will be open to that recommendation. These fellows have been very good buddies since both being elected to serve in Congress, and he had penned a book that came out a few months ago called Unified, How Our Unlikely Friendship Gives Us Hope for a Divided Country. Tim Scott, Trey Gowdy, good buddies, and now that Gowdy's stepping down as a congressman, Scott wants him to step into the chair of the Supreme Court. Not sure that President Trump's got him on his list, but we will keep an eye on it, as we always do. We, we got eyes on everything here on the Y'all Show. All right, sad news out of the bluff city of Memphis. A Valdosta State student from Tallahassee, Florida, his body was recovered from the Mississippi River right there at the edge of Memphis. This 19-year-old had been to a widespread panic concert and went missing after falling into the river, and it appears that his body was found there at a park in Memphis, and he died as a result of falling in. He was a First-year student at the uh, Valdosta State University in South Georgia. And as we said, he was a native of the state capital of Florida. In Mississippi, sad news as its Goodwill Ambassador, Paul Ott, who had a radio show all over the state that was an outdoor show. I credit Paul with helping me when I got my radio syndication deal going. He gave me some good advice. He passed away Sunday at the age of 83. He was a musician, he wrote songs, and he had the official state song, I think, of Louisiana 
He tried to get it in his native Mississippi, and they wouldn't take it. And Louisiana made it the, the, the some kind of song. I I should know what it is since Paul did. He was very nice and helped me out. But he passed away in Summit, Mississippi, which is in Southwest Mississippi. Now he survived by his wife and five children. One of his uh, kids was Paul Ott Carruth, a running back at the University of Alabama in the 1980s who played in the NFL for the Packers and Chiefs and also for the USFL's Birmingham Stallions. Paul Ott Carruth, the son of Paul Ott, who passed away Sunday. Now, Paul Ott, his dad, he died of cancer. I don't know the exact type of cancer he had, but at one time, he's the only man I've ever heard of that had, that had breast cancer. So complications from cancer still could have been breast cancer that caused the, the passage of Paul Ott in Mississippi, a, a fine Southern gentleman and a good man. And, uh, of course, if you listen to his radio show across a couple of states in the South, it was an outdoors, weekly outdoors show. Not going to be the same without hearing his good Southern voice, Paul Ott. In Florida, a woman has been summoned for jury duty, and while she was there, she was busted for having brought in allegedly drugs with her while she fulfilled her civic duty. Christine Victoria Mittler went to the West Pasco Judicial Center and reported for jury duty, but was arrested for drugs that were found on her person. What a bozo. This 39-year-old got arrested, and now instead of going to serve jury duty, she's serving a little bit of time. Oh, man, as, as Bill Ingvall would say, here's your sign. Well, one fella in Raleigh, North Carolina, had a little extra money to spend, and so with the closing of Toys R Us stores across the country last week, he took out a million dollars and went and bought up everything that the store in Raleigh had, and he's going to donate them. And this is an unknown person in Raleigh, North Carolina, that did this on Friday, and what a great gesture there going into the Toys R Us location it was as, as it was closing and just buying up all kinds of goodies to give away. No, it was not me. Maybe it was you. And if it was, kudos to you. Hey, in Texas, if you saw a lot of dust blowing over the weekend, you know where that was coming from? No, it wasn't coming from the panhandle. It was coming from Africa of all places. A large plume of brown dust from the Sahara Desert made its way all the way to Texas over the weekend going as far as Lubbock and all over the metroplex of Dallas and Fort Worth. Some wild scenes on satellite imagery if you see this dust coming from Africa to Texas. The theme park there, Six Flags Over Texas. It was tough to ride some of those rides with all the dust in the air. And we'll be talking about theme parks coming up on the show as we will have Susie Story from IAPA coming on to talk about theme parks across the southeast. Here's a good story coming from Foley, Alabama, down on the lower Alabama portion of the Yellowhammer State. Two-year-old Easton Carraway is back home after being a rare form of cancer, not once, but twice. He went to St. Jude in Memphis, got treatment, and he first began uh, his treatment last March when he was first diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Doctors discovered a tumor growing in his pelvic area, and then it spread to his lungs. But at age two, he's fought cancer twice now and has been very successful in doing that. So we wish this youngster all the best down in Foley, and hopefully he'll come out of it all well. He's, the, he's been called the comeback kid. Two-year-old Foley in Foley, Alabama, beating cancer twice. 
Way to go, little Easton. And now, the the dumbest story I could find here on the Y'all Show today. So a Florida man has to go to jail. Nothing unusual about that, right? Well, he got out of jail on on the bond that he had. Taxi comes and picks him up. And this is this is in Melbourne, Florida. And when he gets in the taxi, the 40-year-old Charles Folk was arrested because he didn't have any money to pay for the taxi ride. What a nincompoop. Yes, they say that he held a taxi outside the Brevard County Jail Complex when he got out of jail. And after traveling 30 miles to his Melbourne home, Folk told the driver of the cab that neither his sister nor his roommate could help him pay the $70 fare. The driver of the cab called police. They came and arrested him. He was being released. He was being held on a $2,000 bond, and he doesn't have an attorney either. So if you're going to hire a cab when you get out of jail, could you, could you please have some way to pay it? <laughs> the cab drivers need to get paid too. They don't need to get stiffed. That's a look at headlines across the southeast here on a Monday, and we keep them coming Tell you. The good, the bad, and the bozos like Mr. Melbourne, Florida there. Well, on the other side of the break, we're going to come back with our hashtag Hullabaloo, a look at some good stuff going on across the southeast from the social media perspective. You're not going to want to miss that. All that ahead on The Y'all Show with John Rawl. We'll be right back. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Gary, why aren't you outside enjoying the party? Uh, hey, Michelle, it's this heartburn. When it hits, it really hits hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it. I've had it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Wow, you're packed fast. Yeah, I feel much better. Now this is a party. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And Icy Hot Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes for you to decide to trim your eyebrows. Just a little off the top. Slip and lop off your left eyebrow. Oh. And frantically try to paste the brow back on your face. My favorite brow. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 brow-raising minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance.
watching sun tea in the window, pocket watch, a telling time. Seems like only yesterday I'd get a blanket set, record the country countdown, cause I couldn't buy it yet. We're back on the Y'all Show with General John Rawl. Thank you for being with us on this all-Southern program, broadcasting on stations across the South and available for free download in iTunes and iTunes podcast. Just set it up. It's a free subscription, easy to get, and easy to share with your friends and loved ones. All right, it's hashtag hullabaloo time on the Y'all Show, where we look at all the goings-on on social media from a Southern angle. And Dale Hennessy put this on Facebook, and if you get a chance, go to Dale Hennessy's Facebook page. This is getting a lot of views. Never seen deer and dog play before. This is a video where a dog is chasing a deer, and they, they're alongside a fence where the deer's on one side, the dog's on the other, and they just keep going back and forth and back and forth, and it's pretty funny and pretty amazing to see. You know, deer are everywhere across the South. They really have become a nuisance in a lot of places, and and now deer are so accustomed to humans that they come closer and closer to us. I kind of feel sorry for them, but that's just the way it is out there. And here, this dog really doesn't like the deer being that close and has something to say to Bambi. Dale Hennessy on Facebook, we encourage you to go there. Saw this on Twitter from Lee's Famous Chicken. That's a franchise you may have seen across parts of the South. They actually started in 1966 in Lima, Ohio. Most of their franchises are in Ohio and Kentucky, but a few sprinkled throughout Dixie. And Lee's Famous Chicken tweeted this out over the weekend, summer southern style, with a lot of their chicken and mashed potatoes and green beans made me quite hungry. Lee's Famous Chicken, I might have to get up to Ohio and see them, I guess, and you know, get them on the y'all show, even though they're Yankees. We'll, we'll take their money. Yankee money's good money down south, right? Sure is. Keeping the southern food in mind, Christine Alexis on Twitter, at Christy, Christy Alexis, writes, Like any southern woman who's upset, I don't know what she's upset about, I pulled out the pots and pans and am whipping up a feast. Tonight I'm making a Moroccan-inspired meal. Let's pray it tastes as good as it sounds. Now, Christine is a New Orleans native living in Miami. So with all the ch- selections she could choose from down in South Florida, she's going with a Moroccan-inspired meal, and we wish her the best. We'd love to know how that turned out. Christine. Chef Larry Edward, he's written a couple of books. He's got a tweet out that caught my eye over the weekend, at Chef Larry Edward on Twitter. Can you really celebrate America's birthday without cornbread? Buttermilk Cornbread, a Southern classic from the American table. That's the book he wrote. Time to make America delicious again. And Chef Larry, I'll be honest with you. I don't think you'll find a bigger fan of cornbread than yours truly, but I bet you a lot of you have that same sentiment. I love cornbread, especially if it's a little sweet. And I don't care if it's kind of whitish or more yellow. If it tastes good and you can stuff it alongside other options you've got, then more power to you. And yes, it is a good choice as we celebrate America's birthday. Thank you, Chef Larry Edward, for recognizing the importance of cornbread, a true Southern staple. 
friend of mine put this on Facebook. It's a meme of a photo of a man, nice dressed. And it, here's what it says. The meme says, the first black to receive the Medal of Honor in the Civil War was Sergeant William Harvey Carney, who, despite being shot in the face, shoulders, arms, and legs, refused to let the American flag touch the ground. So anything, any kind of meme I see, if it's got factual statements like this, I usually have to check it out just to make sure. And sure enough, William Harvey Carney was born a slave in Norfolk, Virginia, ultimately escaped to Massachusetts. He joined the famous 54th Massachusetts Infantry in the Civil War, and he was awarded the Medal of Honor for Bravery at the assault on Battery Wagner in Charleston Harbor in July of 1863, 155 years ago. He was discharged in 1864 because of all the injuries he had in the battle at Fort Wagner. He died in Massachusetts at the age of 68 in 1908. Here's a guy that had been in the Civil War, been shot in the face, been through all the horrors of the Civil War, and ends up having a full life, essentially, living to age 68. You know what he died from? Not from his battle wounds. He died from complications from an elevator accident at the Massachusetts State House, where he worked in the Department of State. A elevator accident, which there could not have been that many elevators in 1908, caused him to lose his life. But he was an American hero, the first black to ever receive the Medal of Honor, William Harvey Carney, a Virginian. Also want to remind you right now, in early July, on July today, July 2nd, 3rd, 4th, this time period, it's when the Battle of Gettysburg happened in Pennsylvania. This is the 155th anniversary of that incredible battle that was a turning point in the Civil War. Also, it marks the 150th anniversary of the fall of Vicksburg. The Gibraltar of the Confederacy happened 155 years ago on the shores of the Mississippi, in Mississippi. On the 4th of July, we celebrate America's birthday, but it's time also to celebrate the birthday of Olivia de Havilland. She is the last remaining cast member of Gone with the Wind. She was born in Tokyo in 1917 to British parents. And on Sunday, Olivia de Havilland turned 101. Gone with the Wind actress, absolutely beautiful in the role that she played back in the 1930s. Such a critical movie, and she turned 101. And I saw that on Facebook, just had to share it with you here. Moving along on the Y'all Show, Kevin Dubb put a video out, Hold My Beer, I Got the Right Stuff, Baby, and he's wearing a pair of tidy whities <laughs> I think is the term, a patriotic underwear, cutting his grass and going nuts in his yard as he's cutting his grass. You just got to see it. Goofy, but funny. On the same token of goofiness with lawnmowers. I saw this. I tried to pull up the link. I cannot find it anymore. But there was a man in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on a riding mower going down the middle of a busy street, just bebopping along like no big deal. But he wasn't just driving a lawnmower a riding mower, he was holding in another hand a push mower. So he's got one hand on a push mower, one hand on the steering wheel of his riding mower, going down the streets of Spartanburg, like a, like a three-lane street. 
and there was a car behind him that obviously was having to slow down because of it. This guy, he ain't right. That's all I can say. But he was getting his grass cut somehow. I guess he had to relocate there in the sparkle city of Spartanburg. Now, also in the Palmetto State in the Columbia area, an old friend of mine, Dina Davis, she and I grew up clogging together. Clogger, that's right. I am a world champion clogger. Don't know what that is? Google it sometime. I'll have to tell you more about it as we roll on the y'all show. But Dina put a term I've never seen before. She needs a trademark it if, if it's not out there. I'd say, this is her tweet, I'd say it was a productive day of retail therapy. We hit every store we could till they locked us out. <laughs> and she's got a picture of all kinds of shopping ba- bags on the bed there in, in the Columbia area. Her son replied back, why did you go to Burlington Coat Factory for a cruise? This is a true testament to your problem. And then Dina replies, obviously, you haven't ever been there, LOL. I've been to a Burlington Coat Factory. Yeah, they got all kinds of stuff in there for sure. But Dina had a good time with her retail therapy Going, uh, getting ready for a cruise. A lot of you probably getting ready for a clu- cruise. Go get your retail therapy problem taken care of, no matter what the reason. And finally, a friend of mine, John McGowan, lives in Missouri, and he put on his Facebook, so the heat index is 110 today. I have started smoking ribs. Not the best idea I've ever had, but the beer is cold. And John you go, guy. You get that grill going and get that beer cold and have a good time as we get ready to celebrate America's independence. And that is a look at some of the social media goings-on in the Southland and hashtag hullabaloo for today. Coming up, we're going to talk theme parks with Susie Story. She's from IAPA. We'll tell you what that is on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Y'all Show with John Ross. Excuse me, kind human. Hey, that's my phone. I see that it is not on the Sprint network. You should switch to Sprint ASAP and get four lines of unlimited for $25 per month per line with a fifth line free. It is an excellent deal that will be gone as of July 12th. Wow, I better get over to Sprint then. You are displaying excellent judgment. And for a limited time, when you switch to Sprint, you can get 50% off a Samsung Galaxy S9 with Sprint Flex Lease. Galaxy S9 includes Samsung's best camera ever with super slow-mo and advanced low-light photo-taking. I'm definitely switching to Sprint. It is going, going, gone as of July 12th. Visit your nearby Sprint store, Sprint.com slash GS9, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Savings until 630 19 and $60 a month for line 1, $40 a month for line 2, and $30 a month for lines 3 through 5 with auto pay speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Galaxy S9, 60 a month after 16 a month credit. Apply within two bills. With approved credit, 18-month lease and new line of service. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Coverage and offer not available everywhere or for discounted phones. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee. I don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it. What is it, Linda? I think we should see other people. Are you breaking up with me on a roller coaster? Well, we do have a lot of fun. Maybe we should stay together. An emotional roller coaster? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to Geico. I just need a little me time. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go. Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show. Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high. Baby, you're the apple of my eye. Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank. Honey, your love's better than money in the bank. And we're back on the Monday edition of the Y'all Show, the show all about y'all with John Rolfe. And here on the show, we love to talk about our southern businesses. And right now, we're going to do something rather fun. We're going to talk about amusement parks and attractions across the southeast. It is our Y'all Street business report for the week. And we're going to go to Susie's story. She's with the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. Welcome into the Y'all Show, Susie. We look forward to hearing more about what the South has in terms of all of these great offers. Oh, well, great. Thank you. Well, thank you. And, of course, the summertime is upon us, and this is the peak season for folks to take kids and, and adults alike to go to all of these attractions across the entire country, but here in the South, we love our attractions that we find from Florida all the way up to the Virginia, over to Texas and beyond. Now tell me, what is the, 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 the business that you have is a, is a organization that's a nonprofit organization that is intended to help attractions across the Southeast? Sure. So IAPA is actually a global trade association. So we are the largest trade association in the world, and we represent the attractions industry. So our job is to help support everybody who works in a zoo, an aquarium, a local attraction, an amusement park, a theme park, um, and then all those manufacturers and suppliers. So when you go to your local park and you get to you know, buy hot dogs and turkey legs and uh, cotton candy and all the fun and play the games and win the prizes. All of that makes up this global attractions industry. And, and so we have a really fun job of, of helping um, all those companies and all of our members make sure that they provide fun and quality experiences for their guests. IAAPA, better known as IAPA, they represent theme parks, water parks, and as you promptly told me at the start of this, Anything that's not movable is what you represent. So the, your your attractions that have a trailer behind them that move around, they're not part of your organization. But anything else, whether it's Disney World or any kind of water park anywhere across the South, are very big aspects of your organization. So we're talking as big as Disney World, as small as your mom and top, as your mom and pop operations. I assume you have a lot of those across the South that are members of IAPA. 
We do. We do. The attractions industry really as a whole is made up of many of those regional destinations or smaller attractions. And, and gosh, there are so many to talk about, you know, it, throughout the South and, and really throughout our country. Um, you know, you just mentioned Disney World and, and Disney World had a big weekend. They just opened Toy Story Land here at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Orlando. Um, and the whole land is themed to those beloved movies, Toy Story, and you can ride the Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster and, and really see what it was like to be in Andy's room. And they, they brought that story to life, and it's very exciting to open this weekend. And that's just the beginning of many of the things that we are seeing at all kinds of destinations and parks across the South. Uh, Georgia's got a whole lot going on this year um, with Six Flags over Georgia. They just opened the Twisted Cyclone roller coaster just a couple weeks ago, and it, it actually travels at 50 miles an hour. And, and the, what's really unique about it is the coaster train itself is actually shaped to look like a 1960s sports car. So you don't just sit in a regular old boring roller coaster train. You actually get in and feel like you are you know, whipping and zipping through in, in the sports car of your dreams. Well, you finally gave me a good reason to stop by there. I've been cruising past that spot in Douglasville, Georgia, for a long time on I-20, and I saw the circular roller coaster they had there, and I'm like, there's no way I would ever ride that thing, but now you give me a new reason to stop by Six Flags outside of Atlanta. Oh, Twisted Cyclone is, is definitely really unique and lots of fun, and the guests are really enjoying it. Um, you, you know, you mentioned, too, that we love water parks, and that's something that we are seeing lots of new things take place all across the country. And, and again, in the South, when it's hot and it's warm, people like to go to water parks and, and cool off and try something different. And, and we're seeing um, over in, in Missouri, the Twisted Twist, the Typhoon Twister, excuse me, that just opened at Hurricane Water Park at Six Flags St. Louis. So, again, Six Flags has some some other additional fun things. Um, that's a really large, you, you actually ride it with four people at once and you um, come out and go up and down on like a large, almost open-sided looking funnel. Uh, lots of fun with a big splashdown down below. So all kinds of fun. And, and, you know, this year too, we're seeing tons of coasters overall. Kentucky Kingdom is opening um, a new roller coaster. Maryland just had a, a new roller coaster open at Six Flags America. Uh, the list just keeps going on all across the country. And, and in North Carolina, too, um, kids are getting the experience where they get to have some, coast, some like coaster fun and rides designed just for them at Carowinds. Carowinds is a unique park because it's the only park in the country that actually sits on a border, and it actually straddles two states. So it's part North Carolina, part South Carolina. And Carolyn's just opened the Camp Snoopy area, which has a whole bunch of rides, including um, kid-like roller coaster, and then the uh, everything is themed after Camp Snoopy. So lots of fun to do there. Everything's with you know Woodstock and Pigpen and and all those characters that we've grown up with. So there's something for all ages. All you know, if you want to be thrilled, if you just want to have fun, if you just want to have fun in the sun, there's something new going on for everybody. I know a lot of our listeners probably are used to going to Disney World, where you have to buy the more usually more than a hundred dollars a pass to get you through for a day now some of these theme parks you just mentioned six flags for example have they have multiple destinations in the southeast and i know i think it's paramount paramount that owns carowinds does that sound right well, actually, so Carowinds is part of the Cedar Fair Entertainment Company. Okay. So Cedar Fair, which started with Cedar Point um, up in Ohio, um, and Carowinds and Kings Dominion in Virginia are part of the Cedar Fair Company, uh, as well as Kings Island in Cincinnati and, and several, oh. many other parks across the country. Okay. So my question to you was, if you 
did these these other corporations beside Disney? Do they offer a special deal that you can go back and forth between parks. A lot of them do. So what's great about so many of these regional parks is they'll have their own season pass, which you know for typically it's the cost of usually like one to even one to two visits. The season pass lets you go as many times as you want. And then for a lot of the companies that have sister parks, and so Cedar Fair Entertainment Company and Six Flags are two great examples, you can get um, an upper level and our season pass that would allow you to visit from one park to the next. So as you're planning your road trip, if you're a, a park aficionado or if you absolutely love roller coasters, that's always a great thing to think about is if you've got that sort of pass, then you can just kind of look at the map and decide where are all the parks that you can go visit. We're visiting with Susie Story of IAPA, the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. This is a multi-billion, with a B, billion-dollar industry in the America and in the South, we find many of these attractions, and this is the time of year to get off your tail and go out and ride the rides and do the theme parks and the water parks and, and all that. Now, Susie, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big roller coaster guy, so uh, the, the, some of these things you're telling don't really mean that much to me. However, when it's 100 degrees, I don't mind getting wet. So my question to you, with a lot of these attractions now targeting folks for water parks, what do you need to do as a, as a, a, a fellow that wants to go to a water park? Do you need to bring a change of clothes? How does that work? I think the best thing that we do, what we tell people is, is spend a little bit of time deciding where you're going to go and, you know, look at their website. Um, a lot of parks, and, and I have a seven-year-old, and he is a big water park kid, so even though that means usually for me packing a lot of stuff, I try to be as minimalist as possible. And if you look at the website, you know, some water parks will provide towels for you and some will say, please bring your own. Um, You know, some parks are actually located within the theme park themselves. So uh, my son and I recently visited Legoland in Florida and they actually have a water park that's already in the park. So we had to bring, you know, our stuff with us, but then we were able to put it all in a locker and we changed when we were done. And that standalone water parks are great too, like Ocean Breeze Water Park in Virginia Beach and, and several others throughout the South where they're just water parks. And so they'll have chairs or they might have cabanas or they have various things. So each park is a little different. We always recommend, you know, take a few minutes, look at the website, find out what you could maybe leave at home and what you need to bring with you. Um, you know, also, I think a great example, it's not in the South, but one of the favorite parks across the country is Holiday World in Indiana, and they provide free sunscreen at their water park. So, you know, if you take just a couple minutes looking on the website to see what they might be providing that might help you pack a, a less big bag uh, to bring with you. Is there some kind of way people can save money at these parks? Is there a certain day of the week or certain time of year where going to these parks can save you a little bit of money? Just like when you're booking a, a stay at a hotel, you know, midweek visits are always the best. Okay. Um, even though it's summer and, and kids are out of school, parents are still working or there's summer camp. So weekends tend to be busier. So midweek, um, you know, if you can go on a Tuesday or Wednesday, that tends to be a, a lot better. Um, and, and also I always recommend going in the morning, but one of the other things too, and and water parks are a great example is people like to go first thing. And then usually after about four or five hours, they're a little hot, they're a little tired, maybe even a little waterlogged. And so that they tend to leave around two o'clock. So if you can decide, well, Hey, I'd rather be at the park later in the afternoon and stay there through, you know, as they close in the early evening, that's another way to not have as many people there is to go in later in the day versus going in first thing. Well, I'm sure just like everything out there, whether it's sports or music, 
or books or whatever, you've got some real aficionados that get into theme parks and attractions. So is there a, a like an annual convention that people go to to, you know, soak in all that theme parks offer? There are many. So for okay. us with IAPA, uh, we put on uh, three really huge attra- three huge expos throughout the world. And our largest is the, um, the IAPA Attractions Expo, which takes place every November. Now, that's not open to the public because that is actually where the owners and the operators and the decision makers of the parks, they come to our expo to purchase and decide what they want to put in for what's new. So they actually will come to our expo and look at new technologies, new roller coasters, new opportunities, and that helps them decide what are they going to bring to their local park. Uh, we have more than 35,000 people who attend that every year, and it's about oh, a week really? long. And, oh, and it's t- over 10 miles. So if you put your pedometer on and you went from aisle to aisle, it's more than 10 miles of opportunities for things to add to local attractions. So it's really great. Uh, but as you said, the public loves amusement parks, and there's many different ways that the public and club, they can get involved with clubs and learn more. If you are a coaster fan, the American Coaster Enthusiast has been around for a long time, and they have lots of chapters throughout the entire country. And those are, are people who love roller coasters, and so they get together for annual conventions, and they'll travel for a national convention, or they'll do some regional events, and they'll visit their favorite parks and have opportunities to meet the people at the park and, and maybe go behind the scenes a little bit learn a little bit more so you know there's there's definitely an interest in a club for anybody and and our industry is one that just people love at all ages the important thing here is if you've got young ones get them off the video games get them outside in the great outdoors and go to an attraction this is the time of year to do that they're out of school If you're an adult and you need a stress relief, go to an attraction across the southeast. Now, I'm going to ask you, Susie, one thing that wasn't a big deal when I was coming up was water parks. There really weren't any, or if there were, they were just scattered very lightly across the region. That seems to have been a a much bigger deal. We have water parks all over the place, which is a good thing. Is there a next generation of attraction that we're going to see more and more going forward? Yeah, there's a couple different ways we can answer that. You know, I think even, too, if you think about water parks for just a second, you know, for many years, a water park was associated just with summer and heat because you're really weather dependent. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at companies like the Great Wolf Resorts uh, and Great Wolf Lodge just recently opened in uh, just south of of Georgia and LaGrange, or just out of Atlanta and, and LaGrange, Georgia, there's also one in Charlotte, North Carolina, and one over in Grapevine, Texas. Those are indoor water park resorts. So regardless if it's 100 degrees out or if it's 30 degrees out or if it's pouring down rain, you can still have that water park fun and experience. So that's kind of a, a next generation that started about 20 years ago, continues to grow. People love it. It it makes south, it makes sense in the north for sure in the winter, but even in the south when it's very, very hot and you don't necessarily want to be outside or let's say you want to avoid you know the sun, this is a great way to have that water park experience. And then technology continues to change and, and, and really impact our attractions industry in many different ways. It's, it's not necessarily about playing new video games, but it's about how can you apply technology to either reduce the wait line in a queue 
or to make a queue line more interactive or allow someone to order their food ahead of time so they don't have to wait in line. Um, if you could add something like virtual reality to a roller coaster, which several parks have been doing, that gives you a way of saying, here's one ride with two different ways to experience it, the traditional way, or, hey, here's a new way using the technology. So, you know, one thing that makes the attractions industry so unique is it's dynamic and it's ever-changing, and there's constantly we're saying to ourselves, what can we do that's new and different? So there's always something coming down the pike. Yeah, and I love this new technology you're talking about. If if you could, Susie's tips, is there a park or two out there that that is your favorite for this new age technology? Oh, that's a tough one because we do a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'll, I will say my son and I are animal people, so we absolutely love going to parks like SeaWorld Orlando, which has recently added um, – the virtual reality experience to one of their roller coasters. And so now when you ride that, you're actually having a journey with the Kraken and the Kraken, if you know any of the lore is one of the largest and most elusive octopus squid creatures in in the ocean dating back to Atlantis. So if you like that type of storyline and like to get engaged with that, that's, that's very cool. But then when we're not riding that coaster, the opportunity to engage with technology, to learn more about the animals in the sea and, and touch screens and, and the experience with that is something my son personally loves. Um, you know, we, we do, we do visit the Disney parks a great deal. They have a lot going on with technology where things are very interactive. Mm -hmm. Um, we also find that a lot at Legoland, Legoland, uh, parks, which there's one in California, there's one in Florida, and they are in the process of actually building one in New York. Uh, Legoland is such a great example where they take the basic Lego toy and they make things that we all could dream of doing in these super large, larger than life size, but also they add technology to them so they move and they, they interact or they spin or they do something. And so really I see the imagination when we get home and my son pulls all of our Legos out and he starts kind of doing this, trying to come up with the same type of thing. So it's really, the park is, the attractions industry is about going to a park, having fun together and inspiring and bringing that back home again. Susie, I have to ask you, is your son not the luckiest kid in the world to have you as a mom? <laughs> I, I have to tell him that. I'm not really sure if he understands, but yeah, he's a very lucky kid. He's had some very unique experiences, and and he um, he he definitely has a lot of fun, even if he has to go on a business trip with me. Oh yeah, tough deal going on a business trip with you riding roller coasters and going to water parks. Susie Story, thank you so much again. IAPA representing theme parks and attractions across the South and nation. This is a multi-billion dollar industry. Lots and lots of people employed by theme parks and attractions across the country. And this is their hot season, not just in terms of temperature, but in terms of traffic. And we want you to go out and, and experience maybe a park that you haven't been to. There are some incredible options across the southeast for you to get out to. And even if you have to venture into a place like Indiana and get a, uh, go to an attraction there, hey, they give you free sunscreen. Not a bad deal. Very southern of them up there in Indiana. But, Susie, thank you very much for giving us a little taste of all that's out there from an attraction standpoint. And we appreciate you being our Y'all Street Business Report feature this week. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Have a great summer. All right. Thank you. Same to you. Well, that is the Y'all Street Business Report 
for this week. We'll take a little break, a little break to go search some of these great attractions across the southeast that IAPA offers. We'll be right back with Hour 2. Jerry Short's going to be on with his short stories. Plus, we've got a sports rewind to tell you all about. And uh, big news in the NBA and how does that affect the Southeast. We'll tell you about it next on the Y'all Show. Stay with us. (sighs) What's the matter, honey? Can't sleep? Ugh, it's this heartburn. At night, it's the worst. Heartburn? Again? Yeah, I'm done with it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Feeling better? Much better. That was fast. Mm-hmm. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. Reese and Irvy's here, the world's first and only frozen yogurt and ice cream dispensing robot franchise. Today we're talking with Christina Gregory, one of our 235 national franchisees. What drew you to starting a recent Irvy's franchise? Knowing I could own my own business that brings smiles to customers and revenue to me. Delicious desserts in under 60 seconds made by a robot? That's unseen in the marketplace and the kind of opportunity I was looking for. What excites you about the potential of your recent Irvy's franchise? Honestly, my robots don't get sick, never take time off, and never show up late. My robots allow me time to focus on what's important my customers. What do you love most about being a Reese and Irvy's franchisee? The support from Reese and Irvy's. They secured high traffic locations for my robots and provided all the training I needed. Now I deliver a unique frozen experience that's on the cutting edge of technology. Interested in a Reese and Irvy's franchise of your own? Simply go to froyofranchising.com and enter promo code 5353 to learn more. That's froyofranchising.com. Promo code 5353. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Hour two of the holiday week, Independence Week edition of the Y'all Show underway on a Monday. Welcome back into this all-Dixie show. John Rawl thanking you for tuning us in on great radio stations across the Southland, as well as all of you getting us via iTunes. Maybe you got us in podcasts. Maybe you found us on podcast.com, or maybe a friend shared it with you. We don't care. We're just glad you've tuned us in. Our number, 803-816-1170. In the next segment on the show, hang on to your sombrero as Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, will be joining us with some Independence Day tales. Can't wait to hear what he's got up his short sleeve, and we all better be wearing short sleeves here in the month of July. By the way, happy July, if I haven't already told you. We've made it to another month. We're more than halfway through 2018. Can you believe it? Well, yes, we are. And with the passage of time, a lot of activity on the sports front. And now here on this week's Y'all Show, we're going to get into our sports hot and heavy for the first time this week. Looking back at the weekend and sports, 
And the big news naturally happened Sunday evening as a certain NBA player for a Cleveland Cavaliers franchise has bolted from his native part of Ohio and is heading to Los Angeles to be a Los Angeles Laker. LeBron James with a four-year, $153.3 million deal, and he'll be in Tinseltown with the Lakers. Now, how does this affect the South? I say good riddance, Mr. James. You go have a good time in Los Angeles. We can't wait for you to get there. First of all, if you keep up with the NBA, and I keep up with it a little bit, maybe you all keep up with it more. And if you if you want to know a lot about the NBA, just find your favorite ESPN television outlet or ESPN radio. They're like all NBA all the time. It can be the dead of NBA offseason, and they're going to find NBA stuff to talk about. Frankly, I don't get it. I don't get it because the NBA, and maybe I'm just an old fogey, it pales in comparison to what it was 20 and 30 years ago when you had multiple stars in the NBA on all fronts from coast to coast, not just in two cities. It seems like the NBA now has been Cleveland and Golden State. Well, those are the two teams that have been in the finals these last few years. Maybe one or two other celebrities out there in the league, but for the most part, it was mostly LeBron. And I'm tired of hearing about the guy. Just like I got tired of Michael Jordan, even in the glory days, but mainly because he was on every commercial that you would cut on the TV. There's another Michael Jordan commercial. Just like I get, I got tired and still get tired of the Mannings constantly on commercials when it's football season. Peyton Manning, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I just don't want to see him every time I cut on a commercial. Well, that's NFL. We'll talk about that later, but... In the NBA, James going to Los Angeles, I think, benefits the entire Eastern Conference, of which we have our teams from from down here, the Charlotte Hornets, my favorite team, by the way, uh, the Atlanta Hawks. You got Orlando's going to benefit. He's gone from the Eastern Conference. Thank goodness. See you later. Memphis, the Grizzlies, well, unfortunately for you, he's now in your conference. Unfortunately for Houston Rockets fans, he's in your conference. That's going to hurt you and your effort if the Lakers somehow come off of life support. And, and they've been forgotten about in the last few years. The Clippers eclipse them as the best team in Los Angeles. Can you believe that? The L.A. Clippers, who I liked in the past because they were so horrible, and I liked their colors and even their logo, they were like one of my favorite in the NBA teams. But I can't like them now, especially after their owner, Donald Sterling, literally had the franchise stolen from him by the NBA. A travesty several years ago, but most people turned their head. But I I still feel like it was stolen from him, even though he got a lot of money for the sale, but he was forced to sell, which was rather ridiculous. So anyway, LeBron heads off. Good riddance. Go make a lot of money. More power to you. I see the NBA's eastern side of the bracket benefiting from this. Former Virginia Tech football player Cam Chancellor, it looks like his time in the NFL may be winding down. Sources say that perhaps he's played in his last game after he's had an issue going on with his health. Although he's never used the word retire, a series of tweets seem to indicate he's moving on from the sport. He's dealt with some, I think, neck injuries and such. He's 30 years old. He got a career-threatening neck injury last season and said in May that he would continue playing if his health permitted. So this is a developing story 
coming from the Seahawks, but Chancellor, a four-time Pro Bowler, missed the final seven games of last season. And you don't want to play around with any kind of injury. And again, he starred at Virginia Tech. He's a native of the Tidewater of Virginia. We wish him well. Playing in, in, in the NFL, in any football, can be very tough on your body. And I certainly get it. And, and these guys, their, their bodies just can't hold up. Even at 30 years old, it looks like his career could be done in the NFL. Cam Chancellor, wish him best, whatever the case may be. In the SEC, can you believe it? We're only two weeks away now from the start of SEC football media days. Not in Birmingham this year, but in Atlanta, right next to the College Football Hall of Fame. This event will be going on for four days and two weeks from today. Here's your lineup for Monday, July 16th. Stepping up to the mic, Kentucky's Mark Stoops, LSU's Ed Orgeron, and Texas A&M's coach, the brand new coach of the SEC, Jimbo Fisher, on the first day of SEC Football Media Days in two weeks from Hotlanta. And the other days, Tuesday, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, Wednesday, the 18th of July, Alabama, Mississippi State, Missouri, and Tennessee. And on Thursday, July 19th, the final day of media days, Auburn, South Carolina, and Derek Mason from Vanderbilt will be amongst the coaches in Atlanta for this big event. It's kind of the unofficial kickoff to college football, the start of SEC media days. And they've actually moved that up. I used to go to it at the Winfrey in Birmingham for several years, and it seemed to be in later July. They moved it up to give the coaches a little bit more time before the start of fall football, and it just makes college football that even even that more big. And and the ACC, I know they've got their media days around the corner. We'll have it all right here on the Y'all Show. If you like college football, you found the perfect spot for you. In the world of golf over the weekend, an Italian – one at the Quicken Loans National at TPC Potomac, just outside of Washington, D.C., Francesco Molinari. He came up with a final round of eight under to finish eight strokes ahead of Armour, an American there on the PGA Tour, and a great win there by the Italian. And he is 35 years old. He takes home a nice $1.3 million paycheck for his day on the course. Now to the LPGA. And I know in the South, we're used to really hot temperatures and the sun here in July. Well, it actually is like that even up North. And in Illinois this past weekend, they had a majors, uh, major LPGA tournament, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. And this tournament was going on there in the land of the president that was opposite Jefferson Davis in 1862 and three and four and five. And this Canadian LPGA golfer, Brooke Henderson, was doing well, and then her game kind of fell apart. And she took her club and smashed it against her bag, and it broke in half, showing her frustration on the course. Brooke Henderson, and she ends up losing the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. But, yeah, the heat got to her. Her bad performance got to her, I guess, as well. And she loses this tournament in Illinois. The winner was South Korean Park Sung Young at this game played at Kemper Lakes Golf Club. Got to control your temperature both 
outside if you can, which is pretty hard to do on the golf course, and more importantly, internally, when you get boiled over in golf. Woo. Don't want to be near her right now. She's steaming. And they, they claim that we Southerners get mad. Canadians, you better watch out for those Canadians. They're, they're tough. All right, looking at Major League Baseball before we head out for the next segment. How about the Atlanta Braves? They had a sweep over the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis this past weekend. And after that great series for the Bravos, they take the three-game lead in the NL East over the Phillies. The Nats are six games back of the Braves. In the NL Central, the Brewers have a slight lead over the Chicago Cubs. The Cards fell back five and a half games behind the Brewers in the NL Central. The Diamondbacks lead the NL West. Red Sox and Yankees still continue to slug it out at the top of the leaderboard in the AL East. Cleveland Indians with a comfortable nine-game lead in the AL Central. And Houston and the Mariners are fighting it out in the AL West right now. The Astros with a half-game lead over the team from the left coast. And that's a look at sports from this past weekend. Hopefully you had a good time watching it and more to come. This is a holiday week, so you're going to have a lot of baseball to tune in and watch. And it goes great with a good glass of sweet tea or whatever your favorite beverage is. Well, we'll call a little bit of a pause for the calls here on the Y'all Show. And when we come back, Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, will be our special guest and share with us short stories for this week. The Y'all Show returns with John Rawl after these messages. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Gary, why aren't you outside enjoying the party? Uh, hey, Michelle, it's this heartburn. When it hits, it really hits hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it. I've had it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Wow, you're packed fast. Yeah, I feel much better. Now this is a party. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And Icy Hot Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes for you to decide to trim your eyebrows. Just a little off the top. Slip and lop off your left eyebrow. Oh. And frantically try to paste the brow back on your face. My favorite brow. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 brow-raising minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance.
on the Monday edition, holiday week edition of the Y'all Show with John Raw. Glad you could join us. And on this program, we love to hear your stories, but we also love our short stories. And back on with us is the short stories man himself, Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. Welcome into the Y'all well, Show, sir. Well, welcome to be back. And, uh, you know, I guess with uh, this being the 4th of July uh, week, and kind of used to call it 4th of July day, but when it hits in the middle of a week, it's a week. So uh, I thought I'd just kind of throw together a kind of a hodgepodge. Of, yeah, uh, Jerry, on things. that front, I wanted to say, in a country known for not necessarily working a full 40-hour week anyway, when you have a holiday right smack dab in the middle of the week, is that really good? Well, when I was with International Paper, we always took the third and the fourth. And, uh, we, of course, we always crossed our fingers and hoped that the fourth would be like on a Friday where we'd get Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, you know. And then they would they would adjust that every now and then in a company like that. So it, it wasn't good when it hit in the middle because it seems like we always had to come back, you know. And then if you, you can't take an extended trip, it's always got to be kind of a some within a couple hundred mile range or something like that so, so that always bugged me but uh i was glad to get to two days off with pay anyway all right well fourth of july our country celebrates its birthday but in 1776 when our founding fathers put their big signatures on a piece of paper and sent it to the king of england there was no guarantee that this country thing was going to end up playing out for the colonists and their lives and their necks we're on the line here. Jerry, what does the 4th of July mean to you? And share some of your short short stories from Takapola about this big holiday. Well, you know what it should mean, and, and it should mean history. It should mean knowing, and it should be in, being proud of who we are and how far we've come and hopefully where we've got to go yet. And it's going to be a battle to get there. But, uh, you know, knowing a lot of it, like the man on the average man on the street, I heard a, heard a talk show uh last night and they asked a college student uh in new york uh when was the declaration of independence signed? and he said 1984 what 1984 <laughs> and did not know the difference now well, and that was so, up north if they'd ask anybody down south i'm sure we would all gotten it right well, they had the 13 colonies, never one of them, but they, evidently they had studied the 13 colonies. But, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, we were a new nation and, you know, we didn't belong to the British Empire any longer the way we felt. But like you had just stated, that didn't necessarily because it was signed and all that, uh, that we were actually a new nation. Uh, I think some skirmishes went on thereafter and. A lot of people don't do that. They just think mostly, I believe, the average American today, they think seem like fireworks and parades and concerts and fair and seem like baseball was always been a big part too. And then maybe political speeches, hopefully, some good political speeches or so. But uh, what I was going to do is just throw some things in that I kind of did coming up and even, you know, up until – 
oh, up until maybe I was 50 or so. But uh, uh, we used to, as, as kids, you know, living right there on top of Memphis, fairgrounds are a big thing for the 4th. And we would go to the uh, to the Mid-South Fairgrounds, and they were there at the uh, where the football stadium, Liberty Bowl is, and the Coliseum, the, the old uh, Mid-South Coliseum. But uh, I remember one incident that I was there, and I won this huge teddy bear, biggest teddy bear I've ever won in my life. And here comes this good-looking, cute blonde. You know, I'm about 17. And she comes along, and, of course, you, you, you're ahead. It's like having a... It's like having a new convertible if you got a big teddy bear at a carnival. So me and her kind of uh, hooked up for the fair, you know, and tunnel of love stuff and all that kind of stuff and took our pictures in those booths. And the punchline to it is that uh, someone, a friend of mine, I gave a picture, and I was just faking a cigarette I didn't smoke. I had it in my hand, and I had the picture of the teddy bear and her. And I think she was from, like, Bell City, Missouri. I need to go back over and check it out. <laughs> That's been since 1963. But it, um, anyway, it, they was going to put it in the annual. And the superintendent called it just before the annual went to press. And he jerked it out because I had a football jersey on and had that cigarette hanging down low. Now, they probably wouldn't do that today. They would probably... Let that picture roll on. Don't you, you, think? you thought you were James Dean, didn't you? I, I thought I was. I, I'm sure. I'm sure my jeans were uh, turned up. You know, they were rolled up two or three notches, probably. Yeah. They were probably that much too long. And and Bell <laughs> Bell City, Missouri, lady, if you're listening, uh, Jerry wants his teddy bear back. Tell me that you gave her <laughs> the teddy bear. I'm sure, right? Yeah. That was '63. So, if it's still together, I'd at least like a picture of it. <laughs> but. Uh, then, you know, and then I got to thinking about uh, one year, the Beach Boys. You know, Beach Boys, I thought, did patriotic songs. You know, they, USA, what is it, something USA they Surfing do. Surfing USA. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, wasn't a real Beach Boy fan. But we were we were at uh, summer camp uh, in the military, in the reserve component, and uh, training. And they had, uh, they had gotten asked not to uh, perform at uh, a plaza in uh, Washington, D.C. by the Secretary of Interior because uh, they thought, they, even though they had a half a million fans there the year before, they thought they was leaving too much trash and they decided they, they wanted to go. They didn't think they, they actually didn't think the, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, Beach Boys were family-oriented enough. They were the wrong element, they thought, uh, for what they were trying to, go for with their festival from now on so they took a leave and i think they moved right on up to atlantic city for that fourth and came to biloxi for the fifth if i think if i think about it so we saw the beach boys and they put on a heck of a show and and you know it must have been a venue opened at biloxi at the gulf coast coliseum and uh but they had brian wilson was their main guy and and he, um, you know, I thought he was really old. And this was like in the late 70s or early 80s. And he couldn't bend over and get a lay around his neck. A Hawaiian lay, you know, they would want to put it around a beach boy. Mm -hmm. And it, girls would come up to the stage and treat. <laughs> Maybe he had bad back trouble. 
but I know we made fun of, we talked about how old he seemed and all, you know, and, um, you know, that's kind of throwing more hodgepodge in the, in the fire, but, um, I'll take the beach boys any day over the Beatles. I'll really take the Oak Ridge boys over all of them. Well, you know, I'm glad you said the Oak Ridge boys. I think they also played that venue and, uh, they dropped them also. They dropped, they was going a different direction, and they brought in uh, Wayne Newton. Wayne, they, Wayne Newton, who, isn't he from Memphis? No, he's got to be from up north. No, somewhere. he's got he, some connection to the south, I promise Does you. he really? Yeah, yeah, I'll look it up. I, I know he tried to be the next Elvis for a long time. Yeah. And did a pretty good job. He really shocked me because... I remember seeing him on Johnny Carson where he was just like a, a little chubby sissy. And uh, later he become like a mafia Elvis, you know. Mm-hmm. It was really amazing the way he changed. So he may be, he may have ties to the South. I wouldn't yeah, we past. featured him one time in Y'all Magazine, our printed edition of this show. And uh-huh. uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm looking it up now in my crack research team okay. here at Y'all. Right. Wayne well, Newton. Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton. Born and, in Norfolk, uh, Virginia. So he is to the very far north of the south, which is changing faster than I would like for it to change. But it, uh, he has got southern roots. He definitely had southern roots then. Yeah, and then spent yeah. time in Roanoke, which is on the other side of the Old Dominion State. So certainly uh-huh. had an early influence in the state of Virginia, or should I say Commonwealth. Commonwealth, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so... So anyway, as we as I would throw it to another part of a hodgepodge, uh, everyone, you know, storyteller, I guess let's say storyteller meets storyteller. Oh. Uh, my encounter with Jerry Clower. Oh. So I had a Route 4 Liberty, woohoo mercy encounter with Jerry Clower, who I never was like a big fan. I didn't really. That kind of was just a little bit off the edge for me, his his comedy routines. But anyway, the Leadbetters and you name it. So I, I had filmed, I was filming a wedding in Route 4 Liberty. And it was a nice wedding, but it was in a small country church. And it was mostly Mississippi State people. And I had the, uh, I had the television, that's when I, I covered sports, you know, a lot of college sports. So the, the TV anchor for uh, Tupelo was with me. And uh, we played Dixie all the way out going to the wedding. Um, and they all wanted to stop by Jerry Clower's museum. Well, we stopped and whipped in there, and it was closed. And looked up on the hill, and there Jerry Clower. He's, he played football at Mississippi State, I think, in 51, 52. And he had a maroon Cadillac and a maroon new pickup. And he was coming out to carport going, getting ready to go play golf. And everybody, oh, they started hollering at him, and we went up the hill. Well, I had a big camera, like a t- television camera on my shoulder, and a uh, movie camera, a uh, video camera to film the wedding with. And so I kept it running, and we went up the hill, and they were talking to him, and they was talking about golf, and he had to go to Macomb and play golf, or he would go down there and show us, but he was going to have Mama show us his museum. And so he talked, and they started talking football, and, at one time, Darrell Royal, who went to Texas and won a couple of national championships, had coached at Mississippi State, so hell, they were friends. And Murray Warmath, who had coached at State, 
and went to Minnesota and maybe won a national championship. Couldn't win one in state, but there's a couple in other places. And uh, Jackie Sherrill was at Starkville then. So uh, he, he started talking about he was going to be playing golf with him at Old Waverly at West Point the next couple of weekends. And, and Cole Myers said, well, I'm going to be playing with him this week. You want me to tell him, hey. And, and Jerry Clower said, uh, yeah, you be sure and tell him you saw Jerry Clower and all that. And I was good friends with Coach Brewer, as we discussed last week. And so when Coach – Coach Billy Brewer, the coach, coach – Billy Brewer. Oh, Miss. Yes, it was at that time he was the head coach at Ole Miss. And I said, uh, Mr. Clow, and he looked over at me and he looked at the camera and he knew I had it running. I said, uh, I'll see Billy Brewer. Do you want me to tell him hey for you? And he looked at me in the eyes, dead eyes, and he said, It's the only thing he said to me. He said, Huh, you an old miss man? My deepest sympathies to you, son. <laughs> and he turned and walked off, and I said, I hope you lose. <laughs> and he looked back over his shoulder like, go to heck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my encounter. But we got out of the museum, and I saw a lot of anti-Ole Miss stuff in the museum. So I knew where it came from. But the wedding was uh, at Route 4 Liberty, and, uh, you know, and he got into all that talking about who they were marrying and Oh, you told the boy he was marrying up. and You know, he tried to be funny and all, but I didn't think it was too funny when he gave me his deepest sympathy. Yeah, I'm sorry you had that experience. My experience with Jerry Clower, we're talking with Jerry Short here on the Y'all Show, the Takapola Teller of Teller, the Takapola Teller of Tales. That's hard to say, Jerry. That is tough. That's a twister. Yeah, but that's what we got you on here for. I happen to be a close friend of Jerry Clower's longtime manager, Tandy Rice. Tandy and I are great uh, friends. And uh, Tandy Rice passed away about three years ago in Nashville. Oh, but, uh, uh, Tandy was his only manager that I know of, and Tandy also managed George Lindsay. He managed Dolly Parton for a while. Yeah. But uh, – uh, I got a chance to meet Mr. Clower one time with Tandy in Nashville before Mr. Clower passed away. And I've got it on a CD somewhere that I just can't get my hands on quite yet. This would be the perfect chance to play it for you. But I've got on CD Mr. Clower talking about me and doing the oh, whole okay. shoot this thing. You ought to like this boy because he's a good Southerner <laughs> and a Christian. Yeah. And, you know, uh, he he may not go coon hunting, but he's a great guy. So I need to find that and play it because <laughs> – Mr. Clower, Jerry Clower died within a year of, of him recording that for me. Oh, yeah. and, okay. and I just can't wait to find that. But anyway, that's my experience with Jerry Clower. I didn't stir him up like you did. So No, well, if you'd have said Ole Miss, he'd have jumped. No, we weren't <laughs> talking Ole Miss at that time with Jerry Clower. But we are talking to Jerry Short. We're going to go to a break on the program. When Jerry and I come back, we'll continue talking about the 4th of July. It's a special week in our time. And we'll continue on with our discussion with Mr. Short in Short Stories in the next segment. Stay with us. Ryan! I don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it. What is it, Linda? I think we should see other people. Are you breaking up with me on a roller coaster? Well, we do have a lot of fun. Maybe we should stay together. An emotional roller coaster? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. I just need a little me time. Ah! 
Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. The Y'all Show on a Monday continues on. This is our last segment of this exciting show for today as we kind of have a unique week with 4th of July. We're going to have a show on Wednesday, the 4th of July, but we'll have a lot of encores from previous guests that have come on the show. So don't forget to tune us in on the holiday. You might be out on the boat. You might be fishing. You might be doing what I would love to be doing, making homemade ice cream on the 4th of July. But whatever you've got in mind with your family, friends, or both, we want you to enjoy the holiday and listen to the Y'all Show, of course, on Twitter, at Y'all Show. And please check us out in iTunes. You can search for iTunes in the iTunes podcast section, Y'all Show. Go ahead, get it set up on your phone, and it will automatically download every day. When we do this show five times a week, two-hour show, we will give you two hours daily of great talk about the South. A show that will make you feel good, make you feel proud, and there's nothing else out there the y'all show can i get an amen jerry you got an amen man you just i'm gonna give you two of them all right jerry short amen, amen. jerry amen. short again with us here talking about the south and his unique perspective and our short stories for this holiday week jerry you uh i want to thank you and all of our listeners out there who put on the uniform of our country and served in some capacity men women we love you. Thank you for your effort. We've got a lot of Southerners in our military fighting right now, fighting in Afghanistan, but serving across the nation. We want to remember our first responders as well and all those involved in law enforcement. All those who serve our country, thank you during this special time of year, the 4th of July. But oh, you're you, very welcome. You have been in uniform when this Independence Day rolled around. So I want to tap your mind about what that's been like. I know you were activated during the Gulf War. I don't know if you were serving during the summer uh, back in 1990 and 91, but tell us some of your memories from being in uniform when the 4th of July happened. Well, during the Gulf War, I was in the uh, National Training Center at uh, Port Irwin, California, and uh, working with forward observers from Fort Seal, I mean Fort Seal, that's where I trained at going down in Fort Seal, from Fort Hood. But um, a couple of things that kind of stick out with me, you know, to bring a little humor back to a tell storytelling, even though it is the 4th of July, this, this, this kind of got under my skin when it happened. And the more it is time passed and all, it may have helped and let pressure off of the troops. But we were having, uh, it was in an artillery unit. There's a 114th field artillery unit, and we was having a battalion bank formation on the 4th of July weekend at uh, Camp Shelby, Mississippi. And uh, one of the uh, batteries, one of the firing batteries, they had some loose cannons that got loose. I think it was, uh, 
find better sea out of Water Valley, Mississippi. You're talking about real loose cannons or like people that are loose cannons? I'm talking about people that are loose cannons. Okay. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that's what it appeared when they first come out. And they started drawing applause, and I couldn't – I had not seen the movie Stripes. So if anybody's seen the movie Stripes with uh, Bill Murray – And Goldie Hawn. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, Goldie Hawn. I forgot about her. And uh, the scene where they come in and they do all that crazy marching, and and he steps up to the podium, and the general asks him, I think, um, uh, who trained y'all? And their drill sergeant had gotten hurt, and he said, we trained ourselves. And that's a fact, Jack, he hollered out. And so our guy was doing that almost to, he was mimicking it almost to perfection and the march and the way they were handling their dang, uh, when we were using, they was using M16s, not M1s or I mean M14s. But, uh, as they did that, I got, I just got a little bit turned off and, and I was standing back in my formation with my group and, and I, I, I turned to somebody and I said, this, this, this is not military. And it was the 4th of July and it was taking some steam off, but it went down and, and everybody, you know, was happy and applauded it. And they put on a heck of a show looking. I wish I'd have had it filmed, to tell you the truth. It was as good as the one that Hollywood put on. And looking back on that, I think that let a lot of pressure off. Sometimes you need that, you know, after you've been training. And we'd just come in from the field. We'd been in the field about nine days or so and been firing those 155 howlers every night, all night. And one volley after another. So they, they needed a little break. But uh, looking back on that, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell that incident is one that uh, today in the year 2018, I'm probably a lot more proud of it than I would have been in uh, 1980. So, Are you saying that, back in 80 you didn't have a sense of humor? Uh, not when it came to mocking the military which that's the way I was looking at it. And I think I may have been looking at it a little bit wrong, but I, I didn't laugh at that then. But if I could see it today and I can see it in my head, like it's happening right now out in the front of me, uh, it brings, it brings a smile across my face. And so you would have had to saw the movie, I think to really appreciate that part. Yeah. But I thought I'd throw that in. And the only thing that, that I can remember that we really set aside was at Fort Benning, in Georgia. And uh, they wanted us to jump on the uh, training facility where the 250-foot towers are, which they very seldom let you do that because, you know, you're not jumping from that high. We jumped from 1,200 feet on that jump. And it wasn't many of us, but we, we put some red smoke bombs and different color smoke bombs on our ankles. Yeah. And we pulled them as we went out the door. And we jumped side door of a C of a C one forty one. And uh you know, you don't you can't really guide a military shoe. The dash ten shoot was what they had before, then they got toggles. We did have toggles where we could kinda bring it in. But uh you know, I, I we had a guy that did hit the tower but he hit it down low. And but we, we put on a pretty good little show for the people that were just hanging around Fort, uh, uh, the Fort that day. And I hit over at the 34 foot towers and 
I hit on that bank that you come out to cable to practice your door exits. And uh, I hit on that uh, landing that you go for. So I, I had a really good landing. And it wasn't planned that way. It just happened that way. But uh, I know some of the guys, they got kind of bumped up a little bit. But we, we had a good jump. And uh, we had that uh, that smoke. Those smoke grenades were lighting up the sky as we come down. So it was pretty cool. And then a lot of people put put a flag on, you know, and flew a flag in first. But a couple of guys had haloed first. Yeah. And uh, they came in with a big flag and landed landed right smack dab in the middle. It's a two-mile track around that training facility where you have all the different stations that you're training to be in airborne to get your wings. So they landed, you know, kind of in the middle with a big American flag and it, it was, it was pretty, pretty neat. But, you know, far as being in a, you know, we did a lot of, we didn't do any parades or anything like that that I was ever involved in. Uh, I think they leave that now to the air force and the Thunderbirds and the blue angels for flyovers. But, uh, anyway, that would about wrap me up on yeah. well, what I did. For Jerry, us, uh, I, I want to apologize to you and the Y'all Show listening audience. Apologize. Yeah. I am. You don't have to apologize. Make well, you, you know, let me let me talk here. I am what they call a dirty, dirty nasty egg. leg. I am <laughs> no, a leg. You're not. You're not. You're not. That's, that's just like... Two, four, six, eight. I want to go to Mozambique and I want to kill some commie freaks. I mean, that's, that, that was just something to build morale up of an airborne trainee. Mm -hmm. And when you were walking on post and somebody would look over and holler, well, the whole doggone battalion would holler, eyes lift, leg. Look at that dirty leg, dirty leg. Eyes lift, dirty leg, dirty leg. And and for our audience listening who have no clue what we're talking about, that's the affectionate term those who wear airborne wings give to right. anybody who doesn't wear airborne wings. That's right, and that's that's just to give that's to give the uh, person with the wings just a you know you're always trying to give everybody the, if you're in ranger school or if you're in that or if you're a pathfinder or whichever one you they always give you a little say in the Try to upgrade your feelings, you know, and make you do just a little bit better. And it works. Yeah. You know, you get to thinking, you know, you're a little bit better. And and it works in a lot of schools. I I first went to fire directional control school. And, heck, I thought they was putting out a fire in a forest, a forest fire. And we got out there, and that was computing uh, fire for howitzers and Honest John missiles at the time. And, you know, you had to dang do that with protractors and calculators and you had to get the azimuth and the decalation and the range and the size powder that you would put in the charge if you wanted to charge one through seven or whatever. You know, you had to do all that. So it was, they call themselves the brains, FTC section. Mm -hmm. They would call themselves the brains of the uh, military and uh, I got sent to that school, and I definitely was not the brains of the military. But <laughs> the people, the people that were with me, 
were, and it was seven of us, and the school was full. If you've got time for a real quickie, yeah. And the and the school was full, so we couldn't get in. And they've sent us over to be a cannoneer. We call those instead of dirty legs, just old cannon poppers, you know. Okay. And they shooting one oh fives. We trained with one oh fives at Fort Seal. This was this was at Fort Seal, Oklahoma. And uh, they sent us over there. And we stayed two weeks of zero week and cleaning up and doing details. And then I signed up just to be a truck driver and pull them, pull the, uh, the 105s and 155s around. But uh, the other guys, they all thought they were so intelligent and so smart because they was FDC. And all of them worked, come, they all had college degrees. And, uh, they were all pretty sharp guys, and they had it in the engineering and stuff. One of them was a assistant city manager of Lodi, California. One of them was a so-and-so in Wildwood, New Jersey. And, I, and they pulled me in with them, and we, they called their senators, and they got us sent back to uh, FDC, Fire Direction Control School, after pulling all that dead time over there. And we had already pulled the dead time at FTC. So we had to go back over to where we started and start over in FTC, Fire Direction Control School, and go through that whole uh, uh, four months again over there. And and they, they do it in two-week sections of different things. So, yeah, I had to do that. And they all thought they were so, you know, up at the ladder because – that, they considered that the brains, not the bronze, of uh, of artillery. So we went, when we went back over there, I, I had to go ahead and suffer through that, even though I needed a little tutoring at night from some of those that was a little bit higher up the mathematical scale than I was, <laughs> which was all the other six. And they called us the Magnificent Seven. They, their self, named us that because... They wanted to be in that group. So, you know, you never know. But, you know, I learned something from it. I never did really practice FTC. You know, I was a, a RTL, radio telephone operator, for an FTC unit a couple of times. I worked the TOC a couple of times and play tactical operations center. I worked those things a couple of times, uh, you know, where that came in handy, all that stuff did. But in, in one time, and I'll make it quick, one time at camp, uh, a major that I really liked, he come by and he said, look, FTC, they'd already did away with, years before, they did away with all the protractors and all the doing it by hand yeah. and all the all the slide rules that we had to use and all those things. He come by and he said, didn't you take FTC about 20 years ago? And I said, yeah. He said, our computer's down and we got a fire mission. Can you come over? They, they're trying to dig it out now. And it had cobwebs and dirt all over. <laughs> the tractor's about four foot tall, and it goes on a chart, and you got to chart your range and your azimuth and your, and your grid square and all. And, and so I said, oh, my gosh, I'll never fire this. I'm liable to think backfire mission and hit town. But uh, I said, yes, sir, I think so. He said, can you fire? I said, I'll try. So I went over, and, and they had all this stuff out, and, those FTC boys that had been just using computers and it got spoiled, they was they didn't have a clue. So I had to set that fire mission off and and then I crossed my fingers and crossed my legs and crossed my toes and hoped I hit the impact area. 
<laughs> and it did. Woo! But, all right. But anyway. It just proves it, that sometimes computers just aren't uh, quite what the old well, pencil and paper can do. Once that computer goes out, they, they are lost, this group now, because I'm sure their FTC school, they never brought out those protractors, and they never brought out the slide roof, and they never brought out those graph tables. You know, we had a place up on the hill, and they would fire mission below us and shoot over us, and we could see the impact here where we could call the rounds in and call a volley. But, you know, that's enough military. Yes, it is. Call. And, in fact, it's so much that myself and maybe our listening audience, they're ready to go sign up right now. But, <laughs> friends, I don't want you to join the U.S. Army. We need you to join the Y'all Army. We're going to no, take was- over. That's World War One. I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we need you not to join with uh, FTC and all these terms Jerry was throwing out. We just need your support. We need to take over this country with more y'all. We need this y'all show to get bigger and better each and go. every day. Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, once again sharing his great wisdom of all things Southern and a little military on today's show as we remember Jerry for serving our country and all of you who've worn the uniform, all of you guys and gals out there, thank you very much. And if you're serving now, a special salute to you. Jerry, have a great rest of your holiday week. You too, John. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week at this time. And uh, maybe I can think of something interesting by then. I think so. Well, that'll put the wraps on today's edition of the Y'all Show. We'll be back on the air tomorrow. We're going to talk some politics with Stephen Doyle. He's a columnist with the News and Record in Greensboro, North Carolina, and he'll come on to talk about President Trump and what's going on in North Carolina politics as well as the rest of Dixie. That's on the Tuesday edition of Y'all, and we'll have an encore of our interview with Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. He'll stop by once again and give us some of his 4th of July grilling tips. And don't want to miss it. That's on the Tuesday edition of y'all. Until then, have a wonderful rest of your PM. I'm John Rawl signing off. You've been listening to y'all. What's the matter, honey? Can't sleep? Ugh, it's this heartburn. At night, it's the worst. Heartburn? Again? Yeah, I'm done with it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Feeling better? Much better. That was fast. Mm-hmm. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. Reese and Irvy's here, the world's first and only frozen yogurt and ice cream dispensing robot franchise. Today, we're talking with Christina Gregory, one of our 235 national franchisees. What drew you to starting a Reese and Irvy's franchise? Knowing I could own my own business that brings smiles to customers and revenue to me. Delicious desserts in under 60 seconds made by a robot? That's unseen in the marketplace and the kind of opportunity I was looking for. What excites you about the potential of your recent Irvy's franchise? Honestly, my robots don't get sick, never take time off, and never show up late. My robots allow me time to focus on what's important, my customers. What do you love most about being a recent Irvy's franchisee? The support from Reese and Irvy's. They secured high traffic locations for my robots and provided all the training I needed. Now I deliver a unique frozen experience that's on the cutting edge of technology. Interested in a recent Irvy's franchise of your own? 
Simply go to FroyoFranchising.com and enter promo code 5353 to learn more. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 5353. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. 